But it, it's a great time. And sometimes, you know, the kids uh, and that, if we're not caref careful as believers, that we won't get that attitude of thankfulness impressed on our kids. And that is the worst thing that we, c we miss. Because we live in a society that is entitled. That's the attitude of the people. I'm entitled to this. This is my right. It's my right to get all this money. It's my right to do all these other kind of things. But actually, it isn't. Everything that we are given is given to us by God. And uh, sometimes we focus on the wrong things, don't we? We get so wrapped up in the things of this world that we forget about all the things that God has given us. And it's always about the things that we don't get because we're really messed up. Our focus is always on the wrong things, isn't it? And uh, it's a shame that uh, once a year we just kind of, our focus is basically on Thanksgiving. And even that has kind of been decimated to say, and we, people say, Happy Turkey Day. Have you ever heard anybody say that to you? Happy Turkey Day. Because to them it's all about the turkey. It's all about all the food we get to eat and sit in misery afterwards. That's what it's all about. <laughs> and we as believers, it shouldn't be all about that. I challenge you this week, that you know, it's Thanksgiving time, to just think about the things you're thankful for. Make your kids tell you something that they're thankful for. I don't care if it's thankful that they get to eat a turkey. I don't care what it is. But we need to start focusing our kids in that direction. Otherwise, they're going to be raised just like the world is. I'm entitled. You owe it to me. It's your problem because I didn't ask to be born in this world. Have you ever kids ever said that? I didn't ask to be born. It's your fault, so therefore you got to take care of me forever. <laughs> they say your kids never leave home, and they get married, you just gain another kid. And that's true. You that don't have in-law kids, you know, because, you know, Jess is my daughter-in-law, but I don't look at her like my daughter-in-law. She's my daughter. And uh, I don't even like that daughter-in-law because she is my daughter. And if you can't accept those into your family as daughters and sons, you're going to have problems then all those in-law jokes that they have, especially for mother-in-laws, are going to be true about you. <laughs> and you wonder why your son doesn't want to come and see you? It's because their wife don't like you. <laughs> but if you treat them and accept them as a daughter, that won't happen. I think Jess loves me as much as a mom. And she's told me that several times. And I'm thankful for that because I love her the same way. And so, anyway, that's extra. That isn't even in my notes. But anyway, this proclamation was given by Governor Bradford in 1623, three years after the pilgrims settled at Plymouth. To all ye pilgrims, inasmuch as the Great Father has given us this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest to abound with game, and the sea with fish and clams, and as much as he has protected us from the rage of the savages, has spared us from the pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now I, your magistrate, do proclaim that ye pilgrims with your wives and ye little ones do gather at, the meeting, at ye meeting house. Don't you just love the King James vernacular? At ye meeting house. And they used to talk like this. This is the way they talked to each other. Can you imagine? How are ye today? At ye meeting house, on ye hill, between the hours of 9 and 12 in the daytime on Thursdays. I guess that's the time we're supposed to be eating Thanksgiving dinner, between 9 and 12. I'm sorry, we're having ours at 2. And Thursday, 
the third, uh, so the November ye 29th of the year of our Lord, 1,623, and, and the thanksgiving thy all, and render thanksgiving thy almighty God for all his blessings. You know, it's been around for a long time, 1623, three years after they landed at Plymouth Rock. And I know that they had a lot of challenges and a lot of things that they, they had to go through seeking uh, a place that give freedom of worship. And the problem we have in America is that freedom of worship has, has blown way out of proportion. And people have the right to worship as they please, but that right does not demean our right to worship the true God. And we need to start standing up for that right. I, I told them, uh, whatever, I, I was appalled to a certain degree because in Colorado they um, changed the, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance to allow them to say, say it in Aramaic and then say, one nation under Allah. You know, like there's no difference. Well, there is a difference. We don't worship Allah. We worship God, the God of the Bible. And we need to start standing up and, and being outraged over stuff like this. If they don't like that, go back to the country where they came from. You know, this is America. We are blessed to be here. And they are blessed to have the privilege to be here. And years ago, when people first came to America, it was such a privilege to come th to America. They had to forsake everything to be here. They forsake their allegiance to whatever nation they came from. They forsake their, forsook their language and learned American, English. That was the way it was. Now we have all these goody-two-shoe people, and it's not us. You know, and say, well, God wants all these things to be done. And I know that recently God, uh, President Obama, and I usually turn loosely, um, said, well, this is biblical to let all these things happen because he said, help the stranger that comes in. Well, he misinterpreted that verse because it said, you be nice to the ones that are Jewish people. Those were the ones, the ones that are proselyte Jews. Those are the ones that, they, that actually he was addressing in that, that, that scripture he misinterpreted. We've got to watch that because they're misinterpreting this Bible to suit their own purposes. And you need to know it so you need to know it. And it's a privilege to be an American. I'm a very, I'm a patriot. You know, if you're not, you need to catch a case of patriotism. Because it is such a privilege to be an American. I'm thankful to God he allowed me to be born here. And I look at all the, the other things and the other places in the world where I could have been born. I say, thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be here. It's a privilege. And it's a privilege that people fought and died for. And now it seems like their blood is being wasted because we're allowing other things to enter in. And God planned for this to be one nation under God. So if you come from, uh, from Saudi Arabia or from Iraq or Iran or, or from Mexico, wherever it was you came from, you become American when you renounce all that. And you can't take, keep your flag where it's at. You leave it there because the American flag is the only flag that America flies as a nation, and no flag shall be flown higher. That's, in, that's law. Did you know that? If you're flying a flag and something which has irated a lot of veterans is they'll fly another flag above the American flag. <laughs> that's against the law. And veterans, those that have fought and, and lost body parts and things for the privilege of people to be here, they don't like it, and I don't like it. And they'll take it down 
and it's caused a lot of problems. Now, all that stuff is, isn't even in here. I didn't plan on getting any of that stuff this morning. But we as Americans need to start thank, being thankful for what we are. Now, Thanksgiving is a day that we give thanks to God. But every day is supposed to be Thanksgiving for us as believers. If we're not thanking God every day for what we have, you're going to grow end up just like the world. And you're going to miss the blessings of God because you're not looking for them. And, um, but God's word tells us that every day is supposed to be Thanksgiving. If you read this, you're going to find that in there. Uh, Ephesians 5, 19 to 20. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to God, to the Lord, always giving thanks to God, the Father, for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And 1 Thessalonians 15, 5, 15, or 16 through 18, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God wants us to give thanks always. That means when you have a flat tire, give thanks. You've got three good tires. <laughs> you know, we, how many ever do that? Or thank God I have a spare. <laughs> have you ever done that? No, we're too busy. Oh, man, i got a fat, flat tire. I'm going to be late. But there's no thanks. And sometimes we need to realize that maybe you have that flat tire so you won't be at a certain place at a certain time. We don't know that. We don't know how much God has done in our lives, and we won't probably till we get to heaven. And that we're, he, he might, I'm not sure that we'll even want to know, when he starts rolling out these things where we have these issues with it. God, how come this had to happen? Well, he'll roll it out for you and think, oh, thank you, Jesus. Or how come you didn't give me this? Thank God I didn't get that. Have you ever prayed for something and then was happy you didn't get it? I have. And you say, oh, thank you, God, for not answering my prayer. Sometimes, but it's down the road somewhere, so if you're praying for something and you're getting a little upset with God because you don't have it yet, you don't know what's going on. It's like when you're a kid and your parents tell you something and you say, ah, I just get mad at them. Well, they can see things you can't. Well, God can see things we can't. Amen? Now, this isn't talking about a church-to-church service. Of course we're thankful to God when we come here because we're forced to. We sang Thanksgiving songs today. The second one wasn't very good because the colors weren't right, but it looked good on the computer screen at home and here. And it just don't make any sense to me why it didn't work out right, but it was a good song. We may, you know, I may fix that up and do it next time if we can, but it's a good song. But it's all about thanksgiving, about giving thanks to God for everything that we have. And it's a shame that we have to have one day a year to remind us of that. But as Americans, we're so blessed that we just expect to be blessed. And so it makes it makes us complacent and makes us ignore a lot of things that we do. But uh, we need the right perspective of Thanksgiving to have the right kind of attitude that God wants us to have. A girl wrote home from college, Dear Mom, sorry I haven't written sooner. My arm really has been broken. I broke it when I jumped from the second floor of my dormitory when we had a fire. A young service station attendant called the fire department. They were there in three minutes. I was in the hospital for a few days. Paul, the service station attendant, came to see me every day. It was taking so long to get our dormitory livable again, I moved in with him. He has been so nice. I must admit I'm pregnant. Paul and I plan to get married just as soon as he can get a, get a divorce. I hope things are fine at home. I'm fine, and I will write more when I get a chance. Love, Susie. 
I should put, change the name. <laughs> I know it's not her. <laughs> P.S. None of the above is true, but I did get a C in sociology and flunked chemistry. I just wanted you to receive the news in its proper perspective. Sometimes that's what we need to do. We need to see things with its proper perspective. Some things may look bad, but they could be worse. No matter how bad things are, things could be worse. I know, I said, I'm, you know, cheer up, things could be worse. Well, I'm not taking any chances. They may get worse. <laughs> so, you know, we have a lot of negativity in our realities as far as being thankful concerned. But there are three attitudes that keep us from being, giving thanks and having the right attitudes about things. And, of course, the first one is pride. Pride is one of the worst things that we have, and I think most of the sins that we commit is probably related to pride. If you evaluate it and go back far enough, it probably is. And it's a terrible thing to have. Pride is what caused, caused Lucifer to fall. Right at the throne of God, he fell. And you wonder why you have problems? I mean, to me, that just amazes me. I just, that just blows my mind that someone could be sitting there being the worship leader in heaven at the throne of God in all the glory that's there, and he sins and falls. That just amazes me. I just, I, it's just baffling to me how that can happen. And then we look around and we see, yeah. See, God didn't create sin. He created free will. And so you have a choice every day to live for God or not? Every day you have that choice. And we need to make the, the most of it. So uh, that attitude is the worst thing that we can have because it says, I have everything I have I worked for, and nobody gave me anything. I'm a man, one, what is it, a man-made or what is it, the, what? Self-made. Yeah, self-made man, that's me. I did it, I said the song was so popular years ago. I did it my way. And I go, oh, yeah, that's a great song. And, oh, it just gives you goosebumps when somebody good sings it. But the reality is you didn't do it alone. I don't care who you are, what you've done, or how much anybody else in this world has done. They didn't do it alone. We developed the saying, behind every good man is a good woman. And all the women said, amen, praise the Lord. And even the ones that aren't married, they had mothers. Didn't they? And we are influenced so much by our mothers, aren't we? I'm influenced a lot by my mother. I, I wish you could have met her. She was a very funny woman. Growing up, like we, you know, we loved her. And kids, people loved her to death. And uh, we used to go drag State Street. Did you ever drag State Street when you were a kid? Well, you don't down here. Drag, dag the street and, you know look at guys and wave at them in the other cars. Well, it used to be State Street, and Friday nights, it was packed, and we had all these things that we'd do. Well, we'd meet guys, and we'd pick them up, and we'd take them to my house, and we'd watch Nightmare. And the minute we walked in the house, if you had any intentions of, of having a relationship with any of these guys, forget it, because they immediately fell in love with my mom. When we used to go out partying and dancing, I didn't, I just, if I, wanted to, if I wanted a guy, all I'd do is get, catch my mom's overflow. Because they loved her. They stood in line just to dance with my mom. All right, you know. <laughs> but uh, that's the way she was. And it's, it, you know, it's great. But no one did it 
their own way. The second attitude that keeps us from being thankful is a critical spirit or a constant complaining. Don't you hate being around people that complain? I know I do. The only thing worse about somebody that complains is somebody that brags. Isn't it? I don't know which is worse. But I hate listening to somebody that complains because, oh, just brings you down and you go in happy and by the time you're gone, you're, you know, because it's contagious. But I hate being around people that complain. And when you're complaining about stuff, you can't be thankful. There's not room for both emotions at the same time. You have to get rid of one to have the other. And it's amazing when you have the other, even if you have the same situations, they don't bother you as much. So we're going to go through a lot of problems in this world. The only problem is, are you going to go with, through them with God or without God? Before I became a Christian, I had to drink my way through situations. First thing I did when I had a problem, man, I got to get a drink. Some of you can relate. Yeah, because that's the way we dealt with it. And we see it all the time on TV. They come home and the first thing they want to do is have a drink. Oh, I had a rough day. I got to have a drink. And then we wonder why people have problems with drinking. It's because we teach it. We don't teach come to God and he will help you. We teach have a drink and you won't worry about it till morning. And then you'll have a hangover. See, I solved the problem of hangovers. I just drank so much I didn't get hangovers. Because I got a couple of them, and I'll tell you, that was enough. I woke up with my head in the toilet. Oh, me, how did I get here? How did I get here? I got some stories I could tell. <laughs> of course, you probably hear a lot of them. <laughs> An incurable grumbler constantly complained about everything. At, her la at, at last, her pastor thought he had found something she would be happy about. Her potato crop was the finest for miles around. When he met her, he said with a beaming smile, you must be very happy about your bumper crop of potatoes. That's true, my potato crop is good and healthy, but what am I going to do when I need to feed bad ones to my pigs? You get around a complainer and a grumbler, that's all they do. It doesn't matter how much good things happen in their life, they find something negative about it. And you can't give a good potato to a pig, right? Just, just amazing. I know that's a, just an example, but we do the same thing. God blesses us and blesses us and blesses us, and we find something negative out of all the things going on in our life. The third attitude that keeps us being grateful is carelessness or taking this for granted, taking things for granted. Someone said that if the stars only came out once a year, we would stay out all night to watch them, but they are there every night, and we have grown accustomed to them. Isn't that the truth? We don't appreciate all the things that we see. We live in a beautiful area here, don't we? Well, we get up every day and we see it every day, so we take it for granted. It's not a big deal until somebody comes to visit and we take them to these places and they're all, oh, this is such a beautiful place. Yeah, it is, because we forget. We take everything for granted. Our kids take everything for granted. You know, they get the new iPhone every time it comes out. So they just take it for granted that they have to have one. But then they grow up and they try to do the same things because the kids, when they get married nowadays, they want everything that their parents had that took them 30 years to get. And they, well, my parents had a new house. My parents got a new car every year or every other year, so I got to have one. But the problem is they can't afford it. 
And they don't realize that. It takes a long time for them to understand that kind of stuff. That's why you shouldn't give a lot of money to your kids. Our kids got an allowance. They got $5 a week. That's a, that was a lot of money back then. And they had to do their work. We divided the work up. I never, cle- I never cleaned anything when I was, when I was kids were growing up. That's what I had them for. And they took turns. They, cleaned, they even cleaned our room and our bathroom. I ain't cleaning nothing. I work all day. So we did, and that's what they did. And they didn't have it done by 1 o'clock on Saturday unless we didn't get up till 2 because sometimes we were out all night. And uh, then they were grounded, and they couldn't go out on Saturday night. They tested that once. Just once is all it took. Of course, I had to listen to the griping and the complaining all night, but that's all it takes. So remember that. I've done it. You have any problems with it, come to me. I meant, you know, we didn't think we was going to survive it. I told people, he says, you know how you can tell if, a, if somebody has, ha, if a Christian has teenagers? Without knowing? I said, and they said, how? I said, look at their knees. Their pants are wore out. Because they have to pray so much. They're so cute when they're little and they grow up and everything is so cute. And then they become teenagers and something happens to them. Anyway, something happened to mine. I don't know about yours. But, but we need to understand that we get ungrateful and take things for granted. Now, the Israelites grumbled. And that they amazed me, too to see everything that they saw and still complain. But they did. They grumbled because there wasn't any food. So God gives a man on the ground, and they just had to go out and pick it up. You notice that God didn't put it in their kitchen or in the area where they ate. They had to actually go up and pick it up out the ground. Can you imagine that God made them do that? But they didn't, you know, it's fine, great, whatever. But then they grumbled because it was the same thing every day. Now, I don't know how I'd have felt. I keep telling myself, I wouldn't have been like that. And maybe that's why God didn't let me be born then. I'm glad he didn't because I like air conditioning and I like heat. (laughs) But they had a miracle every day from God. And they seen it with their eyes. They seen the pillar of fire and they seen the cloud. and, And they got manna. And they grumbled and they complained. I'm tired of this. This doesn't, no longer satisfies me. And when you're not satisfied... Unthankfulness follows right behind. That's why Paul says, I am learned to be satisfied, whether I have a lot or I have nothing. Because whatever you don't have isn't where our focus should be. It's what we do have. I may not have steak every night, but hamburger tastes pretty good. It's hard to beat a good hamburger, isn't it? And some of the steaks I've had, I would have rather had a hamburger. And they're ones that I've cooked which irritates me because hamburger, well, hamburger's expensive, but it's still cheaper than steak. Now, pride, carelessness, or critical spirit will keep us from being thankful for all God has given us. That's the reality of it. If you're not thankful and you're grumbling and that, you need to shift something. His thanks is too seldom heard, spoken, and too often forgotten. You know, we have to teach our kids to say thank you, don't we? It's hard. It is so hard for them to do it because it's an entitlement attitude that they have. And it's our fault because we don't make them say thank you. It's really hard. But if we adopted an attitude of thanksgiving, our attitudes would change. All of a sudden, that fly tire wouldn't be so debilitating to your day because you'd be thankful for the spare and thankful for the ability to be able to change it. If not, if you're a lady, just go out there and stand and look helpless and somebody will come and help you. 
I don't know what that looks like, though. But I do know I did get a flat tire once on the freeway, and I no sooner had it, and the guy pulled up behind me, not even five minutes afterwards, I was going to change it, but I'd already called Randy. So God will do it. I remember one time running out of gas in a vehicle. Now, I wasn't driving. Someone else was driving. We ran out of gas. And we no sooner ran out of gas, and there was a guy right there that stopped and gave us a tow to the gas station. It's amazing if we start looking for stuff that God will bless us. And then when we realize this stuff, it makes us happier, and it makes us more thankful, and it's addictive. We need to be addicted to be thankful, not to complain. Unfortunately, that one seems to, to be ruling in the world today. If anyone should be more thankful than anybody, it should be us believers and Americans. We have more to be thankful about than anybody else. No one is trying to sneak into Iraq. You ever heard of that? You know, of course, we see people who say, well, they got messed up and got over the line, and we see what happens to them. But they don't have to worry about protecting their borders that much, do they? Of course, we don't protect ours either. But the reality is nobody's trying to get in there. They're all trying to get to America. Why? Because we are blessed. We are extremely blessed to be Americans. Thanksgiving should be expressed. Enter his gates. Oh, excuse me, next, next slide. Psalms 103. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That's what we should do. That's what they were supposed to do. Enter his courts. That means the grounds. We should enter with court, with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We should be coming in here praising God. The minute we walk in that door, we should praise the Lord. Instead of thinking, oh, man, how long are they going to preach today? I'm, I'm hungry today. Man, isn't she ever going to shut up? Be thankful. Be thankful. I don't have four pages of notes. I only have three. 107.2 Psalms. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Forever is a long time. His mercy and grace is forever. And we come to him, we get forever. And just think about that should make us happy and thankful. So Thanksgiving should be expressed. In Luke 17, we have the story of the ten lepers where God, uh, Jesus healed ten lepers, and only one come back and was thankful. That amazes me. It just amazes me, all the stuff I read in the Bible, because of the reaction of people. But I think that's the world we live in. God, well, no matter what God does, they're going to find something to complain about. Only one come back to be thankful. Only one to thank God for what he had done. And because he came back and was thankful, he was made whole. There's an extra blessing when you're thankful. So what's that, being made whole? Now, leprosy, if you don't know it, it's a disease that causes your extremities to fall off. You lose your fingers, you lose your nose, lose your ears. So it's really something that really is a grotesque, you know, thing to look at. So to him, and he came, and all of a sudden, I don't know where he was at in the degree of his leprosy, but whatever it was, if he had lost fingers, he was restored. If he'd lost his nose, it was restored. If he'd lost his ears, he was restored. Why? Because he came back and was thankful. And we need to be thankful, not because of what God will do for us by doing it, but it changes us. It makes us able to deal with the things of life so much easier if we are just thankful. 
Psychologists tell us that sincere gratitude and thanksgiving is the healthiest of all emotions. That's amazing. They know this is factual. They found this out. Psychologists who, you know, I don't agree with a lot of the things they say, but I do agree with that. Hans Syberg, or whatever his name is, who is considered the father of stress studies, said that gratitude produces more positive emotional energy than any other attitude in life. You want an attitude adjustment? Be thankful. Make it a point. Be thankful. Say thank you every time someone does something for you. There's not a time that Randy has dinner. I don't care what it is. I could give him a can opener and a spoon and a can. And he would open the can, eat it cold, and say thank you. Because thank you is a magic word. I'd never done that, but I could. <laughs> I have uh, fixed some things that weren't, weren't fit for human consumption. And when I tell you, he's sitting there eating it, and I sit there and taste it, and I pick a piss plate and throw in the garbage, I said, how in the world could you eat that? Then we have pizza, so. <laughs> but he says, thank you. He is a very thankful guy. And because he's thankful, he's blessed. And when we develop that thankfulness, thank somebody for teaching your Sunday school class. Thank the pastor for preaching. Even if you preach too long. <laughs> because it's amazing. If you're thankful for everything, then all of a sudden, this 45 minutes of preaching will seem like 10. Trust me, it works. And all of a sudden, your little spirit guy in there is going, yay, yay, yay. Because we, we got to feed this guy inside of us, the spirit person. we got to feed him. And being thankful and grateful is something that we need to have. But if we're not thankful and grateful, it has the opposite effect. Romans 1, 21, 22, and verse 8, 28. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Verse 28, furthermore, just as they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God, so God gave them over to a depraved mind. You want to know what's the matter with America and the world? Depravity. If you're not thankful, if you don't want to acknowledge God, your mind is going to be darkened. And you're going to be fool, a fool. Because the fool in their heart says there is no God. That's the world we live in. And who's going to change it? Say, so, oh, no, there ain't nothing you can do. Yes, there is. Don't let it, a time go by that you're not thankful. Don't let an opportunity go by to correct something if they've messed up. I don't care. What are they going to do to you? I mean, have you been persecuted to death? Or have you shed blood because of your faith? No? Well, hey, what are you worried about then? That may happen someday, but as yet, you're still free. And we need to take advantage of that freedom. And we need to stand standing up before what we believe, because they are. They're stand, enough of them stand up, they're knocking us down. So more of us need to stand up and say, I've had enough, and I'm not taking it anymore. There was a movie about that. They just told, you know, we started saying, I yell out your window, I'm tired of it, I'm not taking it anymore. And not a lot of people did it. I'm tired of it. I'm not taking it anymore. I'm tired of what people say about all this junk that they put out there without m no response. I remember this week that um, Sheldon put a, put a thing on uh, his aunt or my sister-in-law's Facebook page because she'd been sick, and, and he just kind of said a prayer. I rebuke the powers of hell that's trying to destroy you and, you know, said a really nice prayer over her. Well, my unsaved brother 
decided that he's going to put his two cents worth in. And he says, I'm so sick of this putting your demons and all this other kind of stuff in there when that isn't the case. You know, basically raking him over the clothes because that's the way he believed. And I'm not kidding you. Sheldon back fired back at him. And I fired back at him. Because I know it's real. But they're in the world, they don't know that. See, it's all oh, you're finding a devil behind every tree. Well, I don't believe there's a devil behind every tree, but I do believe there's a devil that wants to get you. And every opportunity he gets, he will. So I'm not looking for him, but I'm tired of him beating me up. It's time we start saying, I'm not taking it anymore. Satan, get your hands off me. Get your hands off my kids. Get your hands off my property. I belong to God. And they belong to God. And I'm claiming them for you and your kingdom. Quit sitting down when you need to be standing up and start commanding the powers of hell to sit down. Because we have that authority. Jesus died so the devil's under our feet. But we, he, we act like he's, a, he's the one pulling the strings and we're his puppet. We've got to dance his tune. We do not. God cut those strings. We are not his puppets. We belong to God and we are powerful and we are warriors. And we walk every step we take. We walk in the power of God. The devil needs to be afraid when we get up in the morning. He needs to run because we're there. If you want to be like that, start saying something. Start doing something for God. So ungrateful people will eventually become reprobate because it's just a um, natural transition. And that's why the we're, we're in the mess we're in because people aren't thankful. Uh, next slide. You want to say thank you to God? Spend time with him. Not just the hour a week, of course an hour and a half here. When we forgive others, we're saying thank you to God. When we serve him in this church, we're saying thank you to God. When we share his plan of salvation, we're thankful to God. When we reach out to hurting people, we say thank you to God. When we give God the best of our times, talents, and tithes, we're saying thankful to God. When we praise him enthusiastically from our heart, we're saying thank you to God. That's what you need to do. You want to have that? Start saying thank you. And it's amazing how your life will change. Now, I know it's hard to give thanks sometimes over a sink full of dirty dishes. I know I had it, but you ought to be thankful because those dirty dishes means that you had enough food to eat. You know, be thankful for a dirty house you have to clean because that means you have a place to live and a place to sleep. Be thankful that your kids need to need new shoes because you're blessed with children. Sometimes you wonder, oh, God, what'd you do to me? <laughs> but you're blessed with kids. So it's such a privilege. We need to start looking at the things in this world as a blessing, not a curse. Because God has blessed us more than we, need, we can even possibly think. We need to count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. We have the, the problem of saying, thank you, God, for my many blessings. Well, what blessings? What are they? Start thinking about them. Start counting them. Say, God, thank you I have a house to live in. Thank you that we can come into a church and have heat. I don't like being cold. Thank you, God, for a nice chair to sit on. Those pews were a lot higher than these chairs, but the preaching's still as long. Be thankful for that we have all this stuff. Be thankful for a car. Maybe it ain't a brand new Mercedes or BMW, but if it gets you back and forth, be thankful for it. One thing I liked about the Deaf Church when I went there was when we went on an excursion or a trip or whatever, the Deaf people would get out there and they would anoint the vehicle. 
and they would pray over it. I thought, well, I never thought about that. Have you? Have you ever thought about praying over your car? We prayed over cars when they didn't run. We prayed over refrigerators and God's healed them. We prayed over freezers and God's healed them. We have not because we ask not. And we ask not because we're too busy looking at the bad to think about the good things that God has done for us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances. Always giving thanks. Ephesians 5.20. Always. That's what we're supposed to do because we have so much to be thankful for. Paul suffered from a thorn in the flesh. He was run out of town. He was beaten with rods. He was whipped. He was stoned. And yet he thanked God. You think it was as easy for him to write? I don't think so. It's kind of hard to think about it. And when he, when Paul and Silas was in jail, they'd been beaten and they were in stocks. And they could have sit there and said, oh, me, man, it hurts. Give me some pain medication. They didn't have none. What'd they do? They sang praises to God. And what happened? They sang praises and the whole prison shook and they got released from the stocks. Because there is power in praise and thanksgiving. We have our praise, our prairie list that we have. And it keeps getting longer and longer and longer. Well, what, have you, does, everybody, does anybody here have a praise list? Yeah, I'm guilty too. Because I'm sitting there, you know, that's the reality of it. We have our prayer list, but we don't have our praise list. We need to start making a list of praises to God. Every day and read those things. Don't look at the problems. Oh, we got to pray for so-and-so, they're sick. we got to pray for such-and-such. Oh, their, their kid is, is sick or the cat, dog, cat died or the dog's sick or whatever. But we aren't thankful for the other stuff. We are got tunnel vision for the negative. And we're trained in it. You want to hear some good news? Don't watch the news. It isn't there. <laughs> you won't find it. Because that, that sells. Bad news sells. I'm sorry. Romans 8, 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worthy comparing to the glory that will be revealed. One day, we're really, it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. One day, it will be worth it all. 2 Corinthians 12, 10. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. I don't like that verse. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's why I just, I delight in weakness? Wait a minute, Paul, what's the matter with you? But see, he has the, the cliff note or the thing. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we're going through something, we pray more, don't we? If everything's going fine, we lock God completely out until we come to church. Oh, it's Sunday, got to go to church. We need, if this is the only time we thank God, we need to pray God for problems. So we will pray, pray more. In weakness, God can make us strong. If we're strong all the time, we don't need God. We need God, and he's the only answer. He helps us through the times we could never face on our own. Have you ever thought about that? I look at the world, and I think, man, how in the world do they get by? Well, they don't. They don't get by. They get by in booze and pills. That's how they get by. That's the only way they can get by. We aren't thankful for problems, but we are to remain thankful through them. Thankful that they're not any worse. If you're sick, thankful that there's doctors. I'm thankful for doctors. You know, I know I had to have surgery, and I didn't like the surgery, and I don't like this cast. I get it off tomorrow. So Randy's glad, because he's glad that it isn't on the other side when I sleep, so I don't go like this. 
So I'm thankful that we have physicians that can do that kind of stuff. I can't even imagine a world where they don't have things that they, can, that they do nowadays. It's amazing to me, and I'm so thankful for that. An advertising firm dressed a man up in a, a blind, as a blind man in Central Park, gave him a cup to collect money. They put a sign around his neck that read, I'm blind. On that day, he collected about $4. The next day, they placed him in the same place, but changed the side to read, it's spring and I'm blind. That day, he collected nearly $40. That day, those people realized how blessed they were to have were by the beautiful flowers at the sunrise and the sunset. You know, it's all about perspective. You know, we're, we're, we're so enthralled in the things that are wrong in this world, and we forget about the things that are right, things that God has blessed us with. And I'm just as guilty as you are. I get so wrapped up in this stuff sometime that, you know, I forget. But we need to consciously make ourselves be thankful. I don't care whether it's putting this uh, thing on your fridge that says, be thankful. Be thankful you have a fridge because every time you open it, you know. Of course, I don't know why we open it and nothing in there ever changes. You know, especially for me because usually I do the shopping, so if there's nothing in there, I didn't put it in there. <laughs> but we need to be thankful and do whatever we need to do to remind us of that. And we need to teach our kids to be thankful. First Thessalonians 5. This is probably verse 16. I got 16 through 18, but that isn't. Well, what did I miss? I miss one? Go to the next one. Or the previous one isn't there? Well, I have to read it. You'll have to trust me. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. Amen? We need to do that. You know, a baby is ungrateful. All of us that have had babies know that. They don't care that if you get up in the middle of the night and have to stay up with them all night and you feed them and you clothe them and all they do is cry, eat, sleep, and poop. Isn't that right? Doesn't the baby do? Have anybody ever had your baby say thank you? No. Do your kids say thank you? They won't unless you teach them. We have to teach our kids to say thank you. And please, they are magic words. They are million-dollar words. They attract the attention of people. They will say, man, you raised such a wonderful child. And you say, what? Who is this kid? <laughs> And don't you just hate it when your kids are so nice to the neighbors and not you? <laughs> Thank you does a magical thing. Now, um, now, realizing how much as God does for us and continues to do of us also makes us givers. Uh, this means thanks financial giving, but also giving our time and talents. You know, we think we talk about giving, everybody grabs a hold of their wallet. Because we think before you leave the church, we're going to pick you up by the ankles and shake you. Okay. And if you go out and leave here without any money, then you're fine. But time and our talents are just as important to God as our money. Of course, I've always said many times, if God has your wallet, he has your heart. Because that's where it's attached, it seems like. But our time, our time is valuable, especially in this busy world. So when you come and you give time to the building, you're giving it to God. You're, I'm sure you're giving it to the church, but you're giving it to God. And God sees it, and he writes it down, keeps track of it. And you will be blessed for it. I don't know what in this world all the time, but in the next, I guarantee it. God is a good God. He has, a, has an eternal warranty that never goes out. It, uh, James 1, 17. Uh, the one, one before that. There you go. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of lights. Everything we have that's good comes from God. 
If you have something bad in your life, God didn't give it to you. God gives everything that we have that's good, God gave us. And we need to be thankful for those things. Otherwise, you know, when you're good, when you get the good things and you're thankful, it's kind of like a scale. Thankfulness goes like this. But if you're not thankful, it goes like this. That's, that's the reality of life. If you haven't learned it, you need to learn that. Everything we have, God has given us. So we need, we need to be eternally thankful. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are pressed, hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but is one see, unseen. No matter what happens, we're not crushed. We won't give up. We don't have to give up because we have a God that loves us and will take care of us. Amen? Amen. Henry Frost served for many years as a missionary to China. In his journal, he wrote of a very difficult time in his life. He wrote, I received sad news from home, and deep sorrows have covered my soul. I prayed, but the darkness did not vanish. I summoned myself to endure, but the darkness only deepened. Then I went to an inland station and saw on the, on the wall Saw on the wall of the mission, try Thanksgiving. I did, and in a moment, every shadow was gone, not to return. If you're in a dark place in your life today, and you prayed through, and you prayed and prayed, and nothing seems to happen, try praising through. I've never found a circumstance in this world that I can't praise myself through. It's hard to pray sometimes, we don't feel like it, but it's amazing, you know. I'll sit there, and I'll be kind of, down or whatever, and you put in some praise music, and it just lifts your soul, doesn't it? It just does, and all of a sudden, those things don't seem so bad. Uh, put that second song on again. Get prepared to do that. I like or that last song. That was so good. I'm not kidding you. That just that just overwhelmed me. That song. I wish the second one would have worked better. But you know, that says it all. We are so blessed. We need to be thankful because we are blessed, and we need to be made aware of it. 